tonight. We've been working through the Awkward Family Dinner Series and uh, doing some one-anothers and how we are in community with one another, right? So uh, this week, our scripture comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 18, and here's what it says. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. All right, so our series, Awkward Family Dinners, uh, centered around the idea that uh, maybe not all of our family members are as easy to get along with and love as we'd like to think. Now, maybe, maybe this series you felt a little bit left out because you're like, my family's awesome. There's nobody in my family that's a kook. And uh, this series is good for me because I have somebody at work that is, or I have somebody at my church that is. And... Uh, Either way, I think we all have somebody in our lives that, that we think when they go, oh yeah, such and such is going to be there, we go, oh, okay, let me prepare myself for that day. <laughs> and so we've been working through how do you work through the challenges, right? What does Jesus tell us we can do to work through some of these relationships? And so in the first week, we talked about serving one another, right? The idea that that, uh, that Jesus served his disciples, even though his disciples were going to abandon him, even though one of them sold him out for 30 coins, right? Jesus still served them all. And then in, last week, we talked about forgiveness and how we're called to forgive because Jesus forgave us, right? He sets this example, uh, and we talked about forgiving our neighbors and our family members, who maybe hurt us years and years and years ago. So today, we're going to wrap this series up with a nice little bow uh, before we head next week into our Christmas series. It's called Light of the World, and uh, it's, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be really good, and, uh, but we've got to wrap this one up. All right. So there's a lot of different ways we could go. There's many directions for this last one. Um, honestly, this series could be a whole lot longer than three weeks. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to be in healthy community with your family and your church. However, we're going to stick to the main themes. Relationships uh, are, after all, a main theme in the Gospels and how we live in relationship with each other and with God, right? Because notice each of these weeks, right, we serve because Jesus served us and we forgive because Jesus forgave us. There's, there's these relational pieces. Jesus is setting us up with an example to follow. And so the Gospels offer sort of a summary statement of all the other statements, uh, and John reiterates it plainly in the Scripture today. He says this, For this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should love 
one another. Now, that's just sort of, I, I think love, sort of, sometimes we sort of use it as a summary word for all the other things that Jesus taught, right? Why do we serve people? Because we love them. Why do we forgive them? Because we love them. And so, so I want to hone in a little bit today on this idea of love. And John, John sort of lays it out in a very linear fashion. Uh, he's very logical in the way he lays this out in our scripture today. And so he starts with Cain. He says, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Now, I thought, when I read through these scriptures the first time, I thought this was a weird transition, right? He says, love your brothers and sisters, don't be like Cain. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a big deal. We're going straight to the, the negative side, right? Uh, but what he's saying here, he starts with Cain. He says, look, Cain killed his brother because he belonged to the evil one. He murdered his brother. And he says in verse 15 that anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. So you see, he's kind of building. He says, look, Cain... Cain actually killed his brother. But even Jesus shares in the Gospels, right? You remember this? You have heard it said, do not murder. But I tell you, anybody who hates a brother or sister has already murdered them in their hearts, right? So John, John is, is building this out. He says, Cain killed his brother, but, but Jesus equates murder to hatred. And so murder is rooted in hatred, and then he says in the next verse, in verse 13, he says, do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. He says, look, hatred is the normal way of the world. He says, hatred is sort of the, the built-in response from the world side. That for, for, for those who, who don't know what it is to love and to forgive and to serve, hatred is pretty simple. Hatred is easy because somebody hurts us, we feel justified in holding hatred against them. So you see, so we got Cain kills his brother, he murders. Murder is rooted in hatred. Hatred is from the world or the enemy. And then he says in verse 14, that the defeat of hatred through love is the way of Christians. He says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. He says, how do you know that you know that you know that you're a Christian who follows the way of Jesus because we've moved out of hatred and into love? Now that's a big step, right? Usually when we preach about loving each other, it, we think of them as, as like almost right next to each other. It's like, I hated somebody yesterday, I got saved, so now I love everybody. And we all know that's not how that works, right? For most of us, it's learning to, to move out of hatred and into love is, is a long process. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. Because as with the other things in our lives, like when we talked about forgiveness last week, we feel justified in our hatred. We feel justified in not wanting to have to spend time with that one person in our family. So how do we do it? How do we love? How, how, do, we, how do we even do that? Because love is such this broad term and we throw it around in the church as if it's just a given, like, oh yeah, we should love everybody. And so John elaborates and he says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Right? So he says, look, how do you love somebody? You lay down your life. 
just like Jesus. He says, Jesus laid down his life for us and we lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. But for most of us, we don't actually face death when it comes to loving people, right? I don't have to die in order to show my family that I love them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and assume that most of you do not need to die to demonstrate to your family that you love them. And so sometimes we read these phrases and they're sort of vague, right? When we talk about laying down our life, how do you love? Love's already vague. Well, you lay down your life. You go, what does that even mean? How do I lay down my life? Jesus physically lays down his life. I don't think my family wants me to die. So how do I do that? So what we tend to do in these situations when things are a little bit more complicated or nuanced is we just kind of give up. We go, well, that's nice. I'll, do, I'll, I'll try that later. <laughs> what does it look like to lay down our life? That's way too much work. I don't want to do the research. I'm going to go to the next verse. But we can't do that, right? We can't, we can't give up on some verses just because it doesn't make immediate sense. What we've got to do is grasp on and say, okay, what does it mean to lay down my life? And in these verses, thankfully, John gives us a practical example. He gives us a practical example that is going to guide us into loving by laying down our lives. What does it look like? He says this. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Okay, so, so he gives a very practical example, one that we can probably all resonate with. Okay, If you've ever... If you have ever gone to the Walmart on the northwest side of town, there is always, at that four-way stop, there is almost always somebody standing there, right? Almost always. And so we all know, we've all been in a situation where we've met somebody who is in material need. And he says, if any of you has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? He's saying, look, you got to take care of people. You got to take care of your neighbor's needs. Right? Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. These are things that Jesus said. But what about the other needs in our family? Right? Because this, this one's sort of an easier one. The material stuff, we go, well, yeah, I can, I can give them 20 bucks or I can give them a sandwich. Right? But when it comes to our family, right? Because, because we're talking in our series here about people we know. The relationships we're already in. What about them? What are the other needs in our families? See, because the needs aren't always material. So, so what if we added some other context to this verse? Let me offer you some ulterior, ulterior readings for our verse. All right? And, and I'll throw this out there. I'm not, I'm not rewriting scripture. All right? I'm not telling you this is gospel. What I'm saying is I want you to think about this from a different side. Because we, we look at this from the material side and we go, well, that's easy. I can do that. But what about the other stuff, the more important stuff? What if the verse said this instead? If anyone has joy and sees a brother or sister struggling to find hope, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? If anyone has been set free and sees a brother or sister still battling their demons, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? If anyone has a great network of friends and family, but sees a brother or sister who has no one at all, and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? See, things get a little, a little different, a little more personal. 
Because these, these are the normal things that most of us are dealing with when we talk about the hard people in our lives. It's people who have hurt. It's people who have something within them that, that causes them to, to lash out and to do the things that they do, right? We're quick to forget in our dealings with people this very old but very simple saying, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. See, there's a reason that people do the things that they do. They may not know the reason, and maybe they do. But hurt drives us to hurt other people, right? We have this, this sort of subconscious thought within us that, that if we just disperse the pain, it won't hurt us as much. But how easy it is to forget when it comes to our family that, that they're hurt too. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget because we are people who have been set free from a lot of our hurts because we know Jesus and it's what he does. He heals and he frees. And it's why I think the opposite of this phrase is also true and is important. It's that healed people heal people. And freed people free people. And more importantly, for our topic this morning... I suggest that loved people love people. Right? We love because he first loved us. John goes on in the next chapter, because our reading this morning goes from chapter 3. In the next chapter, in chapter 4, John writes this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We ought to also love one another. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. We love because he first loved us. See, loved people love people. <laughs> it's not that he calls us to make it up and pretend like we love people. He's saying that if you truly understand how much God loves you and cares for you, loving and caring for others becomes a whole lot easier. Because, because you know you probably better than anybody else. You know every single mistake you've ever made. You know every time when you spoke a foul word that you shouldn't have spoken. You know every time that you were a little too harsh. And I don't know about you, but there are moments, and it's, it's not all the time, but there are moments in my life where those things, it's like the enemy just replays them in my head. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And yet we're supposed to love. <laughs> and so, so 
So our love comes out of our knowledge that despite the fact that all these things are on replay, somehow God loves me for some reason. Despite all my faults and despite all the ways I fall short, God still loves me. And because God loves me, well, what's my neighbor done that's worse than what I've done? See, loved people love people. So you are, you are all endlessly loved by God, my friends. All of you, every single one of you. Whether you accept it and know it or not, God loves you endlessly. No matter what you have done, no matter what you are currently doing, no matter what you will do, there will never be a moment that God will not desire to be in relationship with you. And so as, as, as Christian people, can we say that we love our families the same way? Can we say that we love your Aunt Janes and your cousin Bobs who are on their kicks again? Can we say that you could love your family member that hurt you in unspeakable ways years ago? Can we say that we love, that you love your child that's making all the wrong decisions? Do we love them as fiercely as God loves us? Because it may be true that hurt people hurt people. But loved people love people. And you and I, my friends, we are loved people. Jesus loves us. And so we love each other. So this week, as you gather with your families and you think about those Aunt Janes and Cousin Bobs that give you all the fits and the struggles and you think, man, I got to sit across the table with them again. I want you to remember that you are loved and that because you are loved, we have love to give. Let me pray. God, we... We accept that we are loved this morning. We may not know why, because maybe we struggle with, with all of the, the stuff in our lives that we think of, that we've done wrong, and the things that we think wrong, and do wrong, and say wrong, and those things sometimes can be overwhelming. But God, we know that we are loved because you have said that you love us. And how we feel about it doesn't matter at all. And so we're thankful that you do love us. And we ask this week that as we're dealing with, with our families, the good, the bad, and everything else that comes along with it, we ask God that you would help us to live and love out of a place of being loved. To remember in those moments that you love us and you love them. And that because you love us, we can love them too. So help us, God. Help us to love fiercely and recklessly in Jesus' name.